This is your host, T. This is your host, Tia. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Top 10. Why? Geek Vibes Nation. Geek Vibes Nation. 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 The Top 10. The Top 10. Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Top 10 by Geek Vibes Nation. As always, I'm your host for this evening, this morning, this afternoon, whenever you're listening to it, Tia, and I have with me my amazing co-host, Brittany. How are you today, Brittany? I'm doing great. I have... uh... I have five kittens outside that need constant love, so anytime I'm down, I can just go outside, and that's literally what I'm thinking about right now is kittens and The Walking Dead. Not not in the same thing. Don't eat the don't eat the kittens. <laughs> no, please don't don't do that. I told Brittany when she uh, mentioned her kittens uh, growth or whatever you want to call it. I said, welcome to the four cat club because I have four cats and Brittany is slowly getting there as well. But I am <laughs> glad that there are some kittens in your life. Uh, and if you hear that other laughter, no, it's not a ghost. It is a brand new special guest for Today's top 10, I don't know where I'm going with this or anything, but Dom, welcome, Dom. How are you? I'm good. Uh, you know, unfortunately, it's Monday, and it's flooding and shit down here, but luckily, I, uh, I'm i dry, because uh, my ass can't swim, so, you know, it's all, it's all good. <laughs> it's okay, just use that bushy beard of yours as a floating <laughs> device, I guess. <laughs> Well, I do oh, appreciate no, both of you. drown him quicker. <laughs> oh, yeah. What was I thinking? Um, but I was going to say thank you both for taking the time to do this with me on a Monday since my ass was out drinking this past weekend. But the reason why we have Dom with us and why Brittany mentioned The Walking Dead is because this is the top 10 moments from The Walking Dead because AMC is finally doing it. They are giving The Walking Dead the axe. After 11 seasons, they have announced that that is it. It is done. Except for the fact that Carol and Daryl are getting a spinoff show. They're doing the uh, Rick Grimes movie. There's going to be Fear of the Walking Dead still. And there's that other spinoff about kids. So there's still plenty of The Walking Dead content, just not the original run. It's kind of like... The original Law and Order uh, show okay. ended, but we still got Law and Order SVU. But um, Dom, you know, I think you're the only one out of the three of us who have kept up with The Walking Dead. Unless you turn around and say you haven't kept up, and then I'd be like, "Oops." But anyway, what what do you think about The Walking Dead announcing that it's ending after eleven seasons? Um, I think it is kind of time. Um, I thought it was going to be done after the 10th season, and they were like, no, we're doing another one. And, then, you know, of course, I'm not mad about it, but I do. I was wondering after, like, season seven, I was like, how are they going to end this show? Like, do you just kill off everybody? Is there a, um, a miraculous cure that comes out of nowhere? So it's about that time um, because eventually the story gets stale, uh, and it did for a lot of people around season like eight 
And then with the, um, I think like nine and ten when you had the the whispers, people got you know a new uh, found hope in the show. But it, yeah, it had to come to an end at some point, and before it became one of those shows that you're like, yo, this just needs to end. Like they're just doing random things to make it interesting, and it's not holding together. So it's about that time that it needs to end. I thought that they were definitely going to end it after Rick left, because even though The Walking Dead is very much an ensemble cast, Rick has always been the lead. So when the lead leaves, you kind of think that's it for the show. But then it trucked along, and then I heard Michonne was leaving, and I was like, Michonne is the draw (laughs) for so many people. I mean, how do you go on after that? But... They did, and, you know, uh, Negan has been holding up that show on his shoulder for a long time. And, you know, I I sit there and I kind of shit on The Walking Dead sometimes, even though I still am a fan, even though I haven't watched the past few seasons. It's at this point where I just kind of like sometimes shitting on it, even though it's like, you you know, you can enjoy it. That is fine. I'm not going to take that away from anyone. But I will say, Dom, a little part of me was happy that it's ending after 11 seasons only because now I'm like, yes, Jeffrey Dean Morgan's going to be a free agent soon. Does that Don't mean get we can get started. him in the third season as a boy? <laughs> that really, honestly, I was like, it's not. Because, all right, before I go to you, Brittany, I think that was the thing that Eric Kripke, the showrunner of The Boys, said, that if Jeffrey Dean Morgan can find time within his schedule you know, with The Walking Dead, then he can come on season three for the boys. So psh, The Walking Dead's ending. Let's get J.D. Morgan in there. But uh, Brittany, what do you think and how do you feel about The Walking Dead ending after 11 seasons? I'm kind of glad it is going to just finish out at 11 because, you know, they did get rid of Rick and that was such a big part. But even before then, and along with the spoiler alerts, but it is the top 10, you know, walking dead. But um, with killing off Carl and having that issue, it's kind of like you've cut off any like continuation and kind of put it on the shoulders of, and I love Negan. He's my absolute favorite character. I am a Negan apologist, but the, the issues is, is that you're putting it all on these characters that you've put as main characters, but also side characters with their subplots that I think it gets a little hard to get cohesive at a certain point. And I would rather them do this now instead of pulling a uh, supernatural, and continuing it for how many seasons and um and it's hard because it is going to be said to like like um Aaron's uh sister-in-law it's like she constantly every episode you know she always has like a get together a party or you know she was always uh like one of the finalists in like the talking dead each year you know where they have like the the big like fan thing and i know she's probably going to be very upset but for me i'm kind of like oh i'm just let it die while it still can, while it's still, you know, where people are like, oh, God, they just really ruined it. Because I would rather them remember it in a more kinder light, if that makes sense. <laughs> I mean, I totally get that. I 100% agree. It's, it is funny that you mentioned the watch party because The Walking Dead, Game of Thrones, and True Blood 
have always been where so a lot of these shows, right? Like say Supernatural, you just said, are shows that people who are really like fandom type people enjoy, right? But The Walking Dead, Game of Thrones, and True Blood are those type of shows that it doesn't matter like what demographic of person you are, what type of shows you typically like watching. It's like everyone loves watching that shit. When The Walking Dead first started, there were bars near me that would have Walking Dead watch parties and, you know, do drinks that were specifically, you know, Walking Dead and stuff like that. I mean, it, like, was pretty, um, what you going to call it? It's pretty universal. Um, so, oh, Dom just messed it up. Oh, poor Dom. He just messaged me saying he lost his internet. They must be, like, messing up over there with the freaking storm. Everyone just, uh, Brittany, regale us a little while I message him back. <laughs> On the, the oh, I was going to say, uh, you know, I didn't realize how much, like, the themed drinks were until uh, when I went to New York. It was one of the times, like, when we went to the Alamo, and they had all these themed drinks, and I was like, oh, no, this is how they get you to spend money. I don't even care if the drink is good. I just want the themed drink that's going to be, like, del- well, hopefully delicious. By the way, speaking uh- of that... I was going to say Thomas back. Yay! Yay! Confetti. (laughs) But, um, so, while I have what is it because of the bad weather there, Dom? They're trying to, they're they're gunning for you right here. (laughs) Right, right. So, should I be talking? It is no problem. All right. So before we hop into the top 10, I, as Brittany hears me do every week now, uh, let me actually read the script of the few friends of the podcast that we like to promote here at the top 10. The first being Gutting the Sacred Cow. And Gutting the Sacred Cow is Kevin Goatee and Kevin Israel, who are two stand-up com- two stand-up comedians who are film snobs that invite fellow comedians and podcasters to select movies that they find overrated or hate. The catch is that the film must select they must meet one of three criteria. They have to be either a financial success, wildly beloved, or critically acclaimed. Can the guest make a good enough argument that convinces both Kevins to agree that the guest has gutted the sacred cow? Make sure you check out the Gutted Sacred Cow at their podcast, Gutted the Sacred Cow. They're on all podcast services, and we promote them here at Geek Vibes Nation. I was actually on their podcast a couple of months ago. They are two very hilarious guys, and I believe Dom and I will be on with them tomorrow as well. So uh, make sure you check that out. And, of course, another friend of the podcast has to be our friends from Stranger Damies, who are from the main Damie family of podcasts. And, of course, I'm bringing up their little script here as well. Um, Stranger Damies is the ongoing real play D&D podcast from the main Damie family of podcasts. Join them every Wednesday as the wild stallions traverse the many traps and tribulations that Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition has to throw in their path. There's elves, weird half-dragon people, conspiracies to uncover, and more references to the 1980s than Ready Player One. Subscribe to the podcast on all podcast services by searching Stranger Damies, and make sure you follow them on Twitter and Instagram at Stranger Damies. 
Strange Names is also a proud member of Geek Fives Nation. You can find us, of course, at geekfivesnation.com. And the last podcast that we want to promote before we hop in are our friends at Music City Drive-In, Ricky and Jacob, who happily only have one line in their description, which is that they are a podcast that goes through each year of the Oscar nominations and see who deserved to win that year as opposed to the people who actually won that year. So make sure you check them out as well. Let's hop right into the top 10 moments from The Walking Dead. And Dom, because you are our esteemed guest tonight, you are going to start us off with the number 10. Okay. Um, And this is a very hard list to make um, (laughs) because there is so many seasons and so many episodes. Um, so I feel like a lot of my, um, of my list is, is a lot of shock factor moments that are also, of course, big moments, but, uh, my number 10 is the Battle of Alexandria, which was in, uh, season seven, and the reason why I picked it is you have, uh, Negan and Rick going at it, uh, Negan is pissed off that, Rick is refusing to give them more supplies and, you know, Negan put up with the squad and he's like, look, you're not doing what I told you to do. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to kill Carl. And right as he's about to kill Carl with his, with Lucille, um, uh, Ezekiel's tiger comes out of nowhere and they're like, Oh shit, he's got a damn tiger. Um, <laughs> that moment just was crazy. Cause you know, if you're the the saviors and you have this, this tiger comes out of nowhere, it's crazy. And then it made me think when as I'm watching the scene, how does this tiger know who to kill? It's killing all the saviors, but it's a tiger. It's going to kill whoever it wants to. So it's a little far fetched, but I think it's a, a scene that stood out to me. Yeah, I think we all had that reaction when the tiger came, and you were like, "Oh shit." Um, Certainly because Negan's reaction is the best. Negan always has that ability to have that oh shit moment. And who doesn't love a tiger and who didn't love Ezekiel? Um, That was great seeing that, you know, Alexandra was going to stand up against the saviors. And I want to say that for a hot second, I really thought that Carl was going to die. I thought that that was going to happen. and thank God it didn't at that point. But, um, Brittany, what did you think about the moment that uh, Donna talked about, the Battle of Alexandria, and, of course, the oh, shit moment? I was going to say, like, on, on one hand, there's, like, that meme where it's, like, everyone's gangster until the tiger pops up. <laughs> 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 it's like, like, everybody was like, oh, yeah, we got this. And then he's like, oh, shit, it's a freaking tiger. But I, I, it was definitely, like, out there, but also definitely cool because I think that was the end of the point of Ezekiel is being bigger than life and with him coming in with the tiger was pretty uh, badass. But I was going to say... I, that that leads into another moment I really love is I think that's also when Maggie shows up and Negan still thought she was dead until that yeah. moment where he goes he goes I don't believe it that widow's alive guns a blazing and it was almost like he was impressed slightly <laughs> like um, 
like amazed because you know that whole thing at the very beginning you know he really wanted maggie until you know they faked her death and so i don't know why that tickled me so much whenever she like she shows up and i think it was definitely time for her to show like how badass she truly was especially after what happened to glenn yeah Definitely. I think that's a great way to start the top 10 list off, Dom. Um, Just one of the better moments in The Walking Dead. And as you said, it has that shock factor where you're sitting there saying, what can be the moment that stops Negan? Like, for a moment, I was like, okay, is Negan going to kind of like, he's going to swing the bat, but he's going to stop it right at the back of Carl's head to sort of be like, okay, I just want to prove a point there. You know, what's going to happen? It's like, no, nah, he, he was going to go. And then for a second, I thought the tiger was going to get Simon. Because Simon was there, right, as well. And I really thought that was going to happen. But, no, that, that is great. Wonderful way to start off the top ten. Um, Brittany. What's your number nine? I'm going to say, are you going to kill me if I pick a small Shane moment? I'm not going to kill you. I have backups. I have backups. Uh, Don't worry. Okay. It was when uh, Shane beat the hell out of Ed. I think it was still season one. Ed was uh, Carl's, uh, not Carl, uh, Carol's. I don't know why I said Carl. Carol's uh, (laughs) abusive husband. And, you know, she was he was still so bad at that point that, you know, they're doing the laundry like all the women were. And Ed comes up talking about, oh, you know, you're not doing it right. And I can't remember what her name is. The one girl that we ended up hating for so long until she died with the governor. Yes. She stands (laughs) up for Carol and uh and that was when Ed really starts beating the hell out of Carol. But it was like, uh, I think Shane was helping, uh, like, with Carl. They were, uh, you know, catching some frogs and everything. And I remember Carl was really excited about that. But he comes out in nowhere on Shane, I mean, on Ed. And he beats the hell out of him. And I think he was already in a bad mood at that point. But uh, beats the hell out of Ed. And I always thought that was such, like, poetic justice but i can't remember who came up that was like oh that was none of your business shane you know you you know that's a husband and wife and i was like shane like really like let him have it and he was beating like carol like pretty bad at that point but i don't know why just like i know why but i'm just saying like it was such a great moment when he did show up and just beat the absolute fire out of ed so i'm gonna go with that one Brittany, that was definitely on my list. I love that. It's okay. (laughs) I love that scene. Um, Yeah, Shane was in a pretty bad mood because at that point, Rick had come back and Lori was pretty much like, you bastard, we've been banging for these past three months and you knew that my husband was alive, yada, yada. And freaking, as you said, the women are all washing clothes and Ed comes as like, the prick that he is. And I'm sorry if like, please any man who's out there, if you see like a woman getting like abused by her husband like that, because that wasn't the first time. First of all, he was like dragging her by her arm. Everyone knew that he like slapped her around. I think he even did slap her in that moment. 
she had bruises on her all the time. Like, I cheer, Shane, and the fact that anyone had the audacity to say, like, that's none of your business. Are you going to say it's none of people's business if they, like, free a dog from a hot car? It's like, you see that in front of you? I'm, I'm, I'm sorry? Oh, listen, and Shane was a cop. You know, there's no telling how many yeah. domestic like, you know, things he would have went through even, you know, before the apocalypse. So probably didn't, you know, do it quite like he would in that situation. But I like that way a lot better. I was happy. I was like, yes, yes, beat the fuck out of this guy. He deserves it. I loved it. I mean, granted, we all know that Shane probably went a little too, like, heavy-handed there because of the bad mood that he was in, but I didn't give a shit. I hated Ed. Like, Ed dying was one of the best things in the first few seasons. So, absolutely great number nine. Uh, Dom, what do you think about this um, this scene here? No, it's a, it's a definitely good pick. Uh, Ed had a, a very um, punchable face. Um, <laughs> he, he's lucky that it, it, it didn't happen in like a later season because he would have got killed right off the bat. There would have been no questions mm-hmm. asked because at that point, you know, they're still thinking that the world is somewhat intact. Um, so he just got his ass beat. Like, but yeah, this like season two or three. Oh, you've been dead. Bye. Um, <laughs> But no, nah, if I was Shane, I would have done the same thing. Like, that's, that's not going to fly. Like, you're going to get stomped out. And I don't have to explain to you why, because you know why. Um, so, yeah, that's definitely, too, when, you know, Shane is, um, he's still in everyone's, the, the, the viewers kind of good graces, even though, you know, you're like, oh, he kind of lied to Lori. But then it's like, I mean, he probably thought Rick wasn't coming back. So, like, did, was he really doing something bad? I, I don't know. Um, yeah, Rick was still in that coma. Everybody thought he was in the coma. Yeah. I mean, I mean, at that point, you would have expected it. Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of what you do. Is as you know, especially when you see all the time with like cop partners. Hey, if I don't make it, take care of my family. Now, did did Shane like her beforehand? Yeah, but like, I mean, that's just what happens. Some things should happen. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, nah, that's a good pick though. Uh. I was going to say, Dom, you should know. I should have forewarned you, but uh, Brittany's a Negan apologist, and I am a Shane apologist, so that's just how this goes on this podcast right now. Um, we needed you to be also, like, the neutral person who didn't, like, fancasm over some of these guys. <laughs> yeah. But, um, no, I... Don brought up a really good point. I think it's something that Brittany and I bring up a lot when we talk about The Walking Dead amongst ourselves is that, you know, Shane specifically would have probably thrived a lot better in the later seasons because in seasons one and two, everyone was trying to act as if, like, there was still hope of the world getting back to the way it was. Whereas Shane just, like, realized that that wasn't going to freaking happen and there were new rules to everything. So everyone's trying to still remain so, I guess, um, hospitable to each other. And that's just, you couldn't act like that at all. And, um, you know, Ed, listen, Rick, okay, I'm sorry. Everyone gets on Shane for this shit. Like, but Rick beat up, Rick killed, didn't Rick kill the husband of that woman he banged for a very short while before he got with Michonne. Yeah. 
Yes. Oh, another good point is, you know how you said that Ed wouldn't have lived very long? Like, what Dom said, like, you know, he wouldn't have lived very long later on in the series. Definitely not with Negan, because Negan had a very strict thing against abuse of, like, especially women, like, where he would kill them immediately. So that is a good point to make. I was like, wait a second, I think Negan would have probably killed him pretty immediately, too. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, hashtag Shane did nothing wrong, but um, I'm going to get... Wow, <laughs> Oh, please stop. You're a Thanos apologist as well, so I don't want to hear it. Stop. you understand the abuse I've been through every Sunday for like two years? Please help me. <laughs> don't drag me down into this um, but um, I'm going to hit the I'm going to get number 8 and it's also, first of all it's also going to be another small scene but it's also going to be a punching scene uh, I just figured they would go hand in hand with each other um, it's going I forget what season this is but it's going to be Abraham punching Eugene um, after Eugene reveals that he is not, he doesn't work for the CDC, he's not a doctor. Because I'm telling you, like, okay, I haven't watched the past few seasons, but I hated Eugene, at least what I saw of Eugene. To me, he was, like, one of the most annoying characters ever. Um, he was like that little brother that, if you if he wasn't around, you'd probably get a lot more shit accomplished. But because you have him who needs to like go and use the restroom every like half hour, you gotta like pull off the side of the road or something. Like that's what he reminded me of. He was just so annoying. And so in that moment where I believe it was like Abraham, there's Eugene, there's freaking uh, Rosita, and I believe Glenn was there as well, and they're all getting into like this fight and shit. And Eugene just yells out that. He isn't a doctor and he made the whole entire thing up because he knew that if he did, he would at least be taken care of and not left behind. And the audacity that this guy, while telling Abraham and the others that they've wasted their time doing all this other shit, has the audacity to turn around and go, well, I am still smarter than you guys. Like, Abraham punching him. Abraham punching him was like my favorite thing. I, and it was just, I think, one swing and freaking Eugene just like went down. And everyone was like, oh, my God, you could have killed him. And to me, I could not care less. I was just happy that he got the shit knocked out of him. He was so annoying, Eugene, to me. And I was happy because I was, again, as I said, that Eugene wasted all of their time. Um, freaking poor Abraham, who obviously had some sort of complex where he needed a mission because, correct me if I'm wrong, he was going to kill himself after discovering uh, that his wife and children had been killed. So he needed a mission. So you could say in a sense, like, oh, that's what Abraham needed in that moment, but it still was just a waste of time and resources. And I believe even Rosita pointed out that people had gotten killed along the way to try to fulfill Eugene's bullshit mission. So, yeah, my uh, number eight is going to be Abraham uh, knocking the lights out of Eugene. Uh, Dom, what do you think? 
No, that's I, I forgot all about that. That's really good because I remember I, I knew something was kind of up with Eugene. Like I know dudes like him, and they they, they kind of talk in circles, but they use like ten dollar words to where you're like, I don't know, he's got to be right. Um, but yeah, like for them to be jumping through all these hoops, putting themselves on this extra danger to only find out you've been lying the whole time. And for Abraham, like I think Abraham was about to kill him or wanted to kill him. Um, but yeah, that 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 scene was crazy. Um, I don't know how Eugene lasted or has. I mean, he's still around. Don't know how because oh, he is no. still. He still after that still kind of did similar things that would have warranted. Uh, him to get offed by uh, me if I was in the Walking Dead universe. Um, <laughs> so uh, he got off light with Abraham just uh, beating him up, but uh, no, that's, that's a really good pick. Before I go to Brittany, I have a question, Tom, because you've been keeping up with the Walking Dead. And again, I guess spoiler alert for anyone who's listening in, but did they ever make it where Eugene and Rosita got together? Because they do that in the comics. Yeah, he ended up in, like, a weird love triangle oh. with Rosita <laughs> and, um, what's the, I can't think of his name, the, uh, Father Gabriel and... Really? Sadiq, is that his name? The doctor? Yeah, it's like a weird, like, I guess a, tri- a, a square, a love square. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, that, that's three dudes, Tom. Yeah. yeah, Rosita was out here, you know, putting in work. <laughs> she's, like, she's like, I don't know, I love Rosita, so I was like, how much of that was manipulation? Because I feel like she's been da- downgrading since Abraham, but that wasn't exactly uh, her fault. Oh, now I'm sad Those again, dudes, never mind. I regret saying that. I was going to say, though, like, Rosita, like, I don't mean to sound any sort of certain way, right? But she's, she's a beautiful girl, and... I question her taste and, and the dudes that she she keeps around her. I'm just saying, all right? I don't know the, the third guy that you said, Dom, because, again, I haven't caught, kept up the past few uh, seasons, but Eugene and Father Gabriel? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> like, listen, again, I know that not every... What did you say, Brittany? I mean, it's like I heard that I thought Father Gabriel did get more badass after uh, getting so sick after the events with Negan. Did he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, he stepped it up. Uh, I think he kind of he kind of did that whole uh, twisting religion type of thing where like um, this is supposed to happen. Um, mm. Yeah, so because he, he was did, a bit of a he was a bit of a weasel at some I, point. So much, but eventually I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I felt that, Dom. I felt that. <laughs> oh man! But uh, Brittany, what do you think about Abraham punching Eugene? I remember uh, you were telling me about this scene because I was trying to like basically catch up with you because. 
uh, when you really hit your Walking Dead phase where you started watching it a lot, I was like, oh, I guess I need to watch that. I remember, though, I started watching when Negan came in, and I was like, that's a cool-ass character. Now i got to catch up. But I remember you telling me about this scene, and I was like, oh, it couldn't be that bad, you know, because you're like, yeah, you know, Abraham punches him, and everybody's like, oh, my God, you're going to kill him. But remind me, remind me, didn't he only punch him once? Like, did he have, like, a face he made punched, of glass? He punched him, he like, punched him. He punched him once, but the thing was is that Eugene, I believe, like, went, like, full-on backwards, so his, like, oh. back of his head made contact with the ground. So I think that was it. It wasn't, like, it wasn't Abraham's punch that people were afraid killed Eugene. It was the fact that the back of his head, like, just smacked with the ground, and he, like, didn't wake up. And nothing of value would have been lost. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> They're fictional characters. It's okay. <laughs> Sometimes it's nice to have a character you hate, though, because they can push the plot. Because, you know, that is one thing. Is as much as he did awful things, we do have to remember it did push them all together to go into the position of uh, kind of getting with Rick and Alexandria coming and getting Abe and all of them to the point of where they were. So I think it's a great plot device, but I guess sometimes you've got to have a character you hate. Yeah, I... I would have punched him, too. I couldn't stand Eugene. But, um, Dom, what is your number seven? Um, number seven. Okay. So this is in season five. And uh, I want to say it's, like, during Terminus or right at the end of the Terminus uh, plot. But uh, Bob gets caught, or he gets caught up with Gareth and the cannibals and he wakes up to see that his leg is on the, on fire over the grill, and they're eating him. And he starts laughing, and they did not confuse. They're confused why, and he just starts yelling out "tainted meat" because he's been bitten. And they all start throwing up, and of course, then eventually he gets uh, kicked in the face and knocked out. But Bob, if he had to go out, he went out the perfect way because, like, if you're gonna eat me. I want you to die too. So um, it was a, a really, it was crazy. When I, first, I remember first seeing it, I was like, "Yo, that that's his leg. Like they're really eating this dude. Like these are this is people." Because uh, they, Gareth and them, just figured like, "Hey, I mean, there ain't no food. I guess we got to eat people." Um, but he forgot to check, and Bob is hysterically laughing. And I don't know how you laugh with one leg while you're watching people eat your leg, but. You know, Bob was hard like that. Uh, it's, it's a good way to go out. <laughs> Dom, are we psychic together? Because I literally was looking at my list, and I was like, okay, I need to make sure that it's not as many Shane scenes. I was like, what can I put down? And I was like, I'll put the Bob scene down. And then you directly do the Bob scene. And I was like, I love it. I, no. Like, Bob? <laughs> okay, first of all, I got <laughs> I to say about Bob, right? Like, I liked Bob's character, but it just always made me giggle because everyone else has these, like, kind of, like, not, like, uber, say, like, unique names, right? But you got Shane and, like, Carol and Daryl and Michonne, and you got Bob. 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 You know? <laughs> just Bob. Yep. Um, but he was really nice, right? 
I've never met a Sorry, bad go ahead. in my life. <laughs> you just Bob. You know, I get, you know what? Maybe that's what made him, uh, you know, that's how we remember. He, he's Bob. It was like the plainest name ever. And he went out like a complete gangster. You know what I'm saying? But I'm sorry, Brittany. What were you going to say? Oh, I was going to say side note, random side note, because I do that sometimes. I think that's why I love Bob the Drag Queen so much, because just having the name Bob is just beautiful. <laughs> Very short and sweet. Everybody has, like, crazy, crazy-ass long names, and then you have Bob the Drag Queen, and I love it. Brittany and I were talking about drag queens before I called you Dom, so I think that's what what it is. Uh, <laughs> Brittany's thinking about the drag queens, but uh, <laughs> uh, going back to the going back to the Walking Dead, Bob. Um, no, I love that because I. This is going to sound so weird, but I actually liked the Terminus people. I say that because I liked their story, and I wish that they had lasted longer. They would have been such, like, formidable enemies to have for, say, a whole season, right? But they were sick. And when Bob wakes up, you don't expect to see his leg being, like, roasted. Like, they acted as if that was, like, a roast pig that they were just, like, turning, you know? I mean, they were excited. And, you know, I think Gareth makes a comment about, you know, quote-unquote dark meat, you know, and it tastes good and blah, blah, blah. And the fact that Bob starts laughing... And I remember when Bob started laughing, I go, is he bit? And he literally goes, I'm bit. You're eating me. Oh, that was so good. That was such a good thing. And they all started, like, freaking out and started, like, puking and shit. It was just, it's the way you want to go out. If you're going to die, at least die knowing that you kind of, like, spat in the face of the people who were killing you. And, honestly, the Terminus people deserve a much more brutal death than they got because I still say, and I I hope it's not on anyone's list. Um, I'll say it shortly in case it is, but the scene where the Terminus people were knocking people out and slitting their throats over that bathtub still is like one of those jarring scenes ever for me in any show. So yeah, that, that is, that is a great scene, Dom. Uh, Brittany, what do you think about just Bob going out like an absolute just boss? loved it because that's the point I think uh, I'm trying to remember correctly did did we as the viewers already know he was bitten before him waking up with no. his leg missing okay no. I was gonna say, I just remember it's been a while since I've seen this scene but I remember like how almost hysterical he gets laughing and it like it was almost like it was entirely worth it to him for it to go down the way it did. Just like that absolute joy as he's like, you're eating tainted meat was pretty awesome. And it was pretty like awesome as the viewer when you're like, okay, these people are awful. They're doing awful things. You feel like you can't get a leg up on them. Oh, that's an awful joke. I didn't even mean that. But, uh, but no, I thought that scene was amazing. Like I said, it's been a while since I've seen that scene, but I could still see Bob getting, like, so almost um, almost manic, a little hysteric about it. But I guess I'd be pretty hysteric, too, if uh, I knew I was getting the last laugh. It kind of gave me some Joker vibes there. I mean, you have to imagine that he has to be going through some sort of shock because I... 
that they didn't cut it off nicely or cleanly. I mean, you would, there's no anesthesia. He probably was in shock about the fact that his poor leg was chopped off and people are eating it. That is, it's just so wrong. They were so wrong. Like anytime. What about Negan? Oh, I'm just saying, Negan did say people are resources. <laughs> the Terminus people just took it to a different level, but I love I love this scene, Dom. It certainly deserves to be on the top ten. Brittany, what do you have for us for your number six? I'm going to go with uh, Gabriel, uh, Father Gabriel and Negan when they're trapped in the trailer together after... Um, it was when Alexandria attacked uh, Negan at the factory after they were having that meeting. Because I remember, uh, doesn't Father Gabriel get left behind trying to save uh, Gregory? That was from the Hilltop group. I think that's what happens to him. Ends up getting left behind. Uh, like, uh, Gregory leaves him behind, and Father Gabriel has to hide in a trailer. And I think you don't think much of it when he runs in and you're like, oh, there's all these walkers and everything. And then I, I think you hear, like, Negan's voice or, like, see him, and you're like, oh, shit, you got Father Gabriel and you have Negan trapped together, and it's kind of like this very unlikely moment, and, you know, Negan is very like, okay, we're going to get out of here together, which I thought was interesting because they do kind of show, you know, they're trying to, like, warm up to that thing where it's like, oh, there's no really truly bad people. There's just people that do, like, oh, these crazy bad things, but it's for survival and all this. And and still didn't change that, you know, Negan's an awful person, and I won't uh, I won't try to argue against that. But I do love the, the chats that they had together, and I think there's at some point where uh, Negan's like, we really got to go. We really got to go. And I thought it was interesting that Negan was, like, very much wanting him to go with him because at some point I felt like maybe Negan could have made it alone, possibly. But uh, the part where Father Gabriel wants him to confess, and I thought that was interesting with Father Gabriel does try to hold very much to, you know, his religious roots in a lot of ways, and that's got to be hard to hold on to your faith during a time like that. But finally getting here, Negan confess and feel, like, absolute guilt over, you know, talking about cheating on his wife when his wife was dying of cancer, her turning, and how he didn't have the guts to kill his wife uh, even after she changed and he left her there. And and at that moment, and then Father Gabriel just opens up the door like, okay, let's go. And I was like, you shit. <laughs> like, you literally just wanted him to confess. And then, you know, they get out of there. But I thought it was such, like, a well-made scene. And got to see maybe a different side of Negan. And more, I guess it was, like, less one-sided of, oh, you've got this bad character. And I thought it was great for Father Gabriel because... Sometimes it's easy to shit on Father Gabriel, especially what he did to his, uh, I'm trying to think of what you would call it, because he's a, he's a priest, right? Not a preacher, because he has the collar. Yeah. What, what, your congregation? Is that the word for it? But yeah. when he left them out and getting to see kind of that he's still trying 
And especially even with someone like Negan was really good. And I thought it was interesting that even after that scene, uh, you realize that Father Gabriel was really sick. I think that's where he loses eyesight in one eye after that event. But Negan does have him taken care of. So, I don't know. I just really like that scene. I thought it was a little different than what you would have expected with them going to war like they were. Yeah, I would certainly say that it was a nice, say, reprieve during such a chaotic moment where you have, you had this, as you said, a war scene essentially go on and then to kind of take this break with these two characters, especially someone as big and large as Negan, to have this very almost real and raw scene between them is certainly something that probably wasn't expected, but does make for good TV because you can't always have it constantly going, going, going. You have to have these almost beautiful pauses in between. So I think that that is definitely a great scene. It doesn't surprise me that you have this scene there at all, but I still love it. Um, Dom, what do you think about the scene that uh, Brittany put down as her number six? Is that the same scene when, like, what Negan kind of crept up on and was like, I hope you have your shitting pants on? <laughs> I can't remember. Because <laughs> I know they had some back and forth at one point, and he's like, what? And he goes, your shitting pants. I hope you're wearing them. Um, but, no, like, they, all, they The Walking Dead is very good at the um, action breaks like that, where you get to see some humanity and a character, and that's, you know, at that point, we're all wondering what Negan's story really is, because he kind of, like, alludes to it here and there, and then you hear some bullshit, and because, you know, with him being and running the Saviors, he can't be completely vulnerable. Um, so that scene, like, when you get the humanity, um, and that's, and that's kind of what I always tell people who, who watch the show, like, it's just a zombie show. I'm like, no, this is about people. This is about... Like, them trying to survive their story of how they got to where they were, who they became, who they were. So that scene right there, you're like, oh, you know what? Maybe Negan's not all bad, you know? you Because know? I'm, like, I'm with Brittany. I love Negan. Um, Hell so, yeah. So that part right there, I was like, see, he's not completely bad. He just <laughs> killed some people. He had to. I mean, shit. Um, but, you know, I I'll just say that. You know, if the roles were reversed and we saw the point of view of the show from Negan's group, Negan would be the the hero and Rick would be the bad guy. So uh, it was kind of good to, like, see that he's not a complete asshole. <laughs> he's, that just reminds me of that scene of Guardians of the Galaxy where uh, Peter Quill sends the message to the Nova Corp and he's like, I may be an asshole, but I'm not 100% a dick. It's like, is that Negan? You know? <laughs> he may be an asshole, but he's not 100% a dick. <laughs> I was going to say, Dom, I think, too, is, like, uh, if you remember back with Negan explains that the uh, that factory was way worse before he got there. Right. I think that was, like, part of the reason, like, he had, like, the no-rape rule and the no, like, you know, beating rule was because it was so out of hand. And we kind of saw that with Simon, the way he could get out of hand of what he could do to other people and how much it pissed off Negan that I think he ran into a situation. I think he had to become the monster he was to keep those people alive. And so I think that's 
definitely kind of explains more for him. But then again, don't believe me. I'm an apologist. I'll figure out some way to forgive me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, Brittany definitely, definitely will do that with me again. Um, No, I, uh, I love the scene that you put down, Brittany. I think it certainly was a nice eye-opener for the characters and probably was almost the turn in The Walking Dead where they kind of started showing more of the humanity of Negan, which I think set up, obviously, for how his character became going forward. So uh, great number six. Um, I'm going to hit the number five. And... I was thinking about this scene as we were talking about the top 10 and it's one of those things where it's like realistically, right? I could probably do a whole entire top 10 about Shane scenes, but it is the top 10 walking dead moments. And I have to be fair of the, of the moments that truly stood out. And so this is actually not a Shane scene. Um, it wow. is instead a, I know, I know, I know. Um, I believe this is season Four, but early in season four, because I forget how the this merged, but it's the governor killing Herschel because this is an insane scene. I you have to admit, like obviously Negan makes the governor look like a little wuss, but the governor was a, a formidable villain in The Walking Dead. Um, certainly someone who lasted a long time and you know, took twists and turns in his character. And I always loved the prison, like, seasons, just because I thought that was such a great idea. You're in a prison. It's already, like, you can't fort, like, you can't fortify that shit enough. It's it's great, you know. If, if they would have just built a better fence, they would have been straight when it came to that prison. But, so anyway, you have, like, all this stuff going on between the governor and Rick and blah, blah, blah. And he has Herschel there with um, Michonne as well, I believe. They were both on their knees and obviously this big standoff between them. And the governor has Michonne's own uh, sword in his hand. And, you know, Herschel is such a great character because he started as someone who didn't want anything to do with Rick, didn't want anything to do with Glenn, didn't want to do anything with the group so disgruntled and ends up being such a pivotal character because he's essentially the voice of reason with everyone. He gives a lot of great uh, advice and he was just all to me. I really liked Herschel and never want to see like an old person die. And you really thought that there was a chance. You really thought that there was a chance uh, for things to go down maybe a little smoother than they did. And then the governor just freaking does that big fucking swing. And he doesn't even, t- oh, God, I know this is graphic, everyone. So anyone who's listening, this is graphic. But he doesn't even take Herschel's head off in one swoop. It's like, oh, God, it was, that was such a, again, such a raw, stark sort of scene to even be witness to. And that was when, you know, pretty much. That signified there are no more talks. It is war now. We got to go and get this going. So to me, I just like that scene because it's such a standoff sort of scene. And just the real, you know, as Dom said before, the shock value of it. Um, I just, and the whole uh, scene that kind of followed there just between the two groups going at each other. 
Um, so that's definitely why I got to put it down as number five. But Brittany, do you remember this scene of the governor killing Herschel? I do, because I remember it being so horrific. And it was really sad because I felt like Herschel had, like, softened up so much through the series. Because at first, he did not want really anything to do with uh, Rick and his group and especially Shane, you know, and, you know, with them coming in with guns and him wanting to save the walkers because he still thought they were real people. And Mm -hmm. to see him, like, so soft and old at that point, because I think by this point, Herschel had lost his leg, hadn't he? Mm -hmm. Correct me? Yeah. Okay, yeah. And I think that's hard. And I know it doesn't quite focus on the scene itself, but I think it, leads into how powerful that scene was and how sad it was because like you said nobody wants to see old people die that's why i can only see up like once a year because it depresses me so freaking bad spoiler alert for the first five seconds of the movie but um you know i think it's also interesting of um i don't think tia has but dom have you played the walking dead telltale games i have not I, I was going to say, th- this is like a quick thing, because it, it does happen at the beginning. You actually go to Herschel's farm in the very first season, and uh, you actually witness uh, what happens to Herschel's son. Okay. And like uh, and getting to have that interaction with the character from a different standpoint, and him being such a hard ass back then too, to seeing like okay, yes, he's lost people. Yes, he was like this. Yes, this is why he's a little more iffy about outsiders. And then getting to see you know him go through all of this and losing, you know, he lost everybody but Maggie at that point, right? And so. And I knew it took him a second to accept Glenn, too. But I guess it's just all all led up into, I think, I, that Herschel died without me having any kind of feelings against him. I think it's like where you just have, like, pure love for a character and then they die off like that. It's just incredibly sad. Yeah, no, it definitely was. And I do have to mention, I just remember this, um, the actor who played Herschel did in fact pass away in the uh, last few years. So, you know, it was just so great for him to have played this really memorable character that, um, and I I think that he, from what I saw, he, you know, very much loved being a part of The Walking Dead. And he became essentially a very big part of The Walking Dead. And it's funny that he originated this person, again, who did not like Glenn. He did not like the fact that his daughter was with Glenn. And then next, you know, doesn't he give like Glenn like a pocket watch or something, essentially saying like you're part of the family, you know, and to see that was just so like touching. Um, But anyway, what I was going to say, oh, Dom. So what do you think about that scene with the governor uh, killing Herschel? (laughs) Uh, Well, the governor himself, he, uh, you could arguably say that, He's a better villain than Negan because he was manipulating people and he, I mean, he's a, a politician. He's clearly just a bad dude. Um, where <laughs> Negan, you can argue a little bit. Um, but that was kind of um, a, a turning point for all of them to not get too close to a lot of people. And, you know, Tara was there. She saw, like, yo. I'm with the wrong people. Like, this dude <laughs> just chopped this dude's head off. That's not what was supposed to happen. Um, so, yeah, no, that, and that, 
the T. Herschel that was like the, you know, the uh, the Obi Wan Kenobi of the of the show. He's the guy who had all the wisdom and you know how to plant things and how to do these things. And now you you lose that knowledge, and it it not just hurts because of that character. You know, they're losing like, oh, that's my my dad, or that's someone we look up to. But he also provided uh, a multitude of you know things because he he was older, so he lived a long time uh, and had all the knowledge. Um, but yeah, there was especially doing right from his daughter, like, and the fact that they're so far away, they can't they can't save him. Michonne was handcuffed; she can't do anything. And like you said, like he slit his throat and then goes back over while everyone's shooting and just decides, like, I'm just gonna chop his head off. Like he was already gonna yeah. Die. But then he just over there, right. like, took like two or three whacks at him to get his head off. So. Uh, and then he wanted everyone dead. Yeah, so the governor, that guy, like, he's he's up there. <laughs> he's up there. <laughs> the, the greatest villains on that show. Um, and, that, yeah, that scene was crazy. I, I didn't – I never expected Herschel to, to go like that. Like, I figured he'd be that guy <clears throat> that somehow always manages to survive just because, like, why kill the old guy? He's, like, not really a threat per se. Um, and that just shows you how bad of a villain the governor was. Um, and I did, I got a chance to meet Scott Wilson, who played Herschel, uh, before he passed. It was, I think it was that same year, actually. And he was a great guy, real nice. Um, as nice as he, he was on the show, it's like when he, you know, came into the acceptance of everyone, he was, he was even nicer in person. Aw, that's so nice. That's a wonderful story to have here. So. That is great. Um, and I was going to say, Dom, yeah, the governor never had his redemption arc because he just got worse as mm-hmm. it like it's very opposite of Negan, where Negan kind of has maybe like simmered down. Uh, the governor just like got worse and worse. And he was he was a formidable villain. I'm. I always wonder. And I think I said this even to Brittany. I'm like, I always wonder. Who would win, the governor or Negan? <laughs> yeah. I know that. I was Go gonna ahead, say Brady. with the uh, Negan and everything, at least like you know he kind of was kind of. I think he gets fatherly with Judith in like the uh, in the later seasons, mm-hmm. but um, but you have the governor keeping his dead zombie daughter and feeding her and like being creepy i think at that point i think negan was bad but he still had his wits about him i think the governor was like already gone yeah and the governor also like sexually assaulted maggie so that automatically puts him like on a shit scale there and yeah right that was that was such a creepy scene yeah yeah and um, I will say, before we move on, I will say, like, as Brittany was saying earlier, I very much dislike the character of Andrea. I understand that in the comics her character was different, like, people really liked her, but I, they just totally didn't go in that direction in the show. And I have to say that there was almost, like, a small, like, glimmer of joy that came for me where I was like, yeah, you thought that you were some like tough shit and that you were like the governor respected you. And he pretty much just said like, be gone like, to you. And I, I just, I don't know. 
And I was just like, I don't know, I couldn't stand her. I was just like, oh, God, all right, you're wasting screen time here for more important characters. Um, but, Dom, we go to you for the number four. Uh, number four, I'm going season three when, and I can't remember the exact setup of the scene, but it's when uh, Lori is, has to give birth. She knows it's going to kill her. Maggie has to cut the baby out and, mm. you know, Carl has to kill his mom. And it's kind of the point that <clears throat> Carl became a person that's willing to have to, willing to do what he has to do because he knows that he is a man. You know, his mom was like, you can make it through this world. You're smart. You're tough. You help your dad. And, you know, he walks out with Maggie. Maggie's holding the baby and he walks out stone-faced because he's like, I just had to kill my mom. And then, you know, Rick breaks down and that classic meme cry face that everyone uses. Um, oh. Right. But it, yeah, it was like, I don't know how you have like a kid do that. Like Maggie could have done it. And I know it was a family thing or whatever, but this kid, like he could have turned into a complete psychopath. And be like, oh, that's what it feels like. But, um, you know, of course, Carl didn't turn out that way. But, yeah, he that changed Carl forever. Carl, from then on, became kind of a leader, uh, even at his young age. Oh, sorry, Dom. I thought you were going to keep going. <laughs> um, it, it's funny. I was going to put this down as well, but... I knew it was. I'm getting jealous (laughs) over here. (laughs) Um, The thing is that I didn't really like Lori all that much. I I felt that The Walking Dead didn't really make very likable female characters for the first few seasons. They certainly, you know, got better. Like Maggie, obviously, Michonne, Tara... Um, but I didn't like where, what they were portraying with say Lori and, and Andrea. Right. But in, in Lori's like last couple of episodes, I definitely felt like a change in her character. And I love that scene. It's so incredibly tragic, but there, the thing that you can say, a lot of people say like Lori was a terrible mother and I joke about it too, but that is really just like a selflessness from a mother sitting there and knowing that like, you got to give birth to your baby. You got to bring your baby into this world, but it's going to kill you. And she didn't even like cry. She didn't eat like she cried obviously, but she cried, you know, to Carl. Like she just accepted. She was like, this has to happen. Just cut the baby out of me and take care of the baby. And she has this like beautiful moment where she tells all these things to Carl, and I just, as as morbid as it was, as horrific as it was, there was, like, a tragic beauty to it, and I think that that showed a strength in Laurie that we should have seen for much more of the, se- of the series, and we just didn't, but I really liked that scene, and it 
as much as there's the meme of Rick, you know, with his hands on his knees and bending over, I mean, that, that was really sad where he was sitting there and he was just like, oh, no, 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 no. Because you have to remember, they didn't, like, hardly talk to each other for months before that. They really, like, their marriage was done at that point. But then for Rick to, like, probably have that regret of, like, shit, I was so caught up in this whole time. And it's like, that's my wife, you know, that was my wife. And this is, you know, now I'll never get to talk to her again. But I'm sorry, Brittany, what did you think about this scene? I thought it was, like you said, it is a very beautiful scene, very sad, though. But I feel like it was such a great catalyst, especially for, you know, I suppose it is kind of like Carl becoming a man in the sense of, like, he wasn't a child anymore. It was almost like... The death of his mother was also the death of his innocence. And, you know, mm-hmm. he was still so sweet and he was still so young. But it's like suddenly, you know, he's becoming like, I, I know it's going to sound weird, but almost like a second father to Judith, like having to step up. And he took care of Judith more than a lot of people in the series of wanting to keep her safe when he was, you know, basically a child himself and you know rick wasn't exactly in the right headspace so i think for for rick yes it was very sad for him and i did feel like how sad he was but for carl to have to kill his own mom and i think negan uh brings it up in another point like asking what happened to his mom and like you know carl said that you know he had to kill his mom and you know he still even after all those years still looks genuinely you know upset by it like it's almost like as much as he does try to pretend like he's not a child anymore you do see kind of that childlike sadness come out like you know that you you're reminded that they are just a kid even though they had to grow up very quickly but i definitely think it's very sad scene but at least we have judith out of it and she's really adorable but but it's really sad and it would be really hard to raise a baby in apocalypse you you have to think about even after you lose the mom it's like i think they brought it up through the series having to like find you know baby formula that would not be easy and also in that scene weren't they also trying to like escape from walkers in the middle of the prison so it's like, really, you got to give birth right now. Tell that baby to wait, God damn it! Like there are walkers. <laughs> Tell that baby to wait. No, I mean that it is a great scene, Dom. Um, just because it is such a pivotal scene. It's the end of Lori. We have Judith coming to this world. Carl's innocence is surely destroyed at this point. And Rick, I think, goes off the deep end for a number of episodes afterwards and starts hallucinating Lori. So, yeah. Um, great scene, Dom, for the number four. Brittany, um, it is down to number three. Technically, you're number one. No, I'm so torn because, like, there's a scene that I really want, but I feel like one of y'all will do it, and I feel like it deserves to be higher, but I need to know, do any of y'all's last picks involve Negan? No. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, okay, are we on the wavelength? Can you have, like, a two connection with me? Is it the one? Is it the one? 
definitely. Okay, good. Okay, then Tia, can I do can I do a Shane one? Is the Shane one that you're going to do involve something that would be on a farm? <laughs> <laughs> okay, then I'm gonna go with the last one. I'm I'm gonna go with uh <laughs> I hate y'all. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going to go with, uh, oh, man. I'm going to go with uh, Carl sneaking into the factory. Because I like that Negan would, did not kill him right off the bat. Like, God, what's with these puns? Like a leg up <laughs> off the bat. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, it's when, um, you know, Carl and Jesus are on that, uh, basically on their way to the factory, to, to the saviors, and, you know, Jesus really just wanted to figure out where they were going to, like, be at and kind of, like, stop from there, and uh, and Carl's like, oh, I'm scared, will you show me how to do it? And Jesus just, like, shuts off, and Carl's basically like, bye, bitch. <laughs> He's on riding into the factory. But um, I think Carl, doesn't Carl end up killing one of the guys? And, and the way Negan slowly grabs one of his own hand to keep it in front of him. I don't know why I thought it was so funny. But, you know, they do end up, uh, you know, Carl does get uh, basically overwhelmed at that point and the way Negan was like offers his hand and he's like oh you got the same you have the same freaking look your dad has but it's only half as good because you only got one eye (laughs) but uh (laughs) I enjoyed that entire scene just because like getting to see basically Negan getting attached to Carl because it is weird that it's like he almost becomes very like like a very shitty uncle to Carl, but showing him around, you know, he gets to meet the wives, he gets to, and, and for the viewer, I loved it, because I like getting to see kind of that third hand, like, uh, that third, uh, I'm trying to think of what, what what's it called? Third person perspective. Oh, yeah, sorry, birds of you, just basically getting to see the factory from a, a, situation that it's not like oh yeah there's death there's destruction all these bad things are going on but getting to see Negan basically giving him the tour and it felt like we were getting the tour and you know him having like basically like a cheese board and like all these things that he has from what he did to all these other communities and how he kind of rules with an iron fist and just getting to see that but I'm telling you I still have like heebie-jeebie chills Whenever Negan makes Carl sing while he's just swinging his bat over and over again, I thought that was very creepy, but I was like, okay, Negan, you are very much a king of intimidation and doing things off the wall to, like, uh, in, uh, to intimidate your opponent, I guess. But I I thought it was interesting. He doesn't end up keeping him. Doesn't he take him back to Alexandria, and that's where he cooks some spaghetti? I just don't remember on that, but I'm going to so. go with that entire scene because I just enjoyed that Negan and Carl relationship. Um, when you first said, like, Jesus, I almost forgot that there was a character named Jesus because I was like, wait, Jesus? And I was like, oh, yeah, no, that's right. His, his, his nickname was just There's Jesus. No um, the walking dead. 
that that's why I got confused. I was like, this this show's going going like supernatural or something like that. But uh, <laughs> it's going biblical here. I mean, at this point, why not? Right? You got one last season, but um, what you calls it? I liked this in I, I like this for Carl's development because it really just showed that like Carl was a straight up savage. And I think like how old was Carl? He wasn't that old and he was just like showing that he had frankly more balls than any other person on that freaking show. Like while Jesus was sitting there going, no, 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 let's just, you know, we'll just do an observation and then go back. And he's like, no, I'm going to go in. I'm going to kill Negan. Cause that was the thing. Carl didn't go in there just to have like a look around or anything. He went in there with the intention of killing Negan. I was like, man, you, you're one tough ass dude. Like he would, can you imagine Carl if he had lived? I mean, that would have been just like, he would have been a savage, but um, no, it was definitely a, a whole, I want to say it was like what Brittany, a whole episode pretty much. So I thought that that was like a great um, like showcasing of the two of them. What'd you say? I said they didn't rush it, which was nice. They didn't rush it, no, not at all. And it certainly had this, like, weird connection between Negan and Carl where I felt like Negan almost felt that he needed to take care of Carl as, like, a fatherly figure pretty much and, like, show showing Carl around and all this, which is funny, though, because this was before Negan threatened to uh, bash Carl's brains in uh, in the first pick that Dom did when the Tiger was um, And, yeah, no, that was, like, the introduction to Negan's wives and shit. And I think, like, that's when Negan revealed that they had ice cream and all that. I mean, that was, I mean, that was definitely an interesting episode that gave way to a lot of character development between Negan and frankly showing that Carl was not a little kid anymore. Um, and he was willing to get his hands dirty. He didn't want to be coddled. Um, like maybe his dad wanted him to be coddled. He wanted to go and kill freaking uh, kill Negan, but he would listen. We all knew that Carl was like a hard ass dude um, because of how he reacted in Dom's number one pick that's coming up. So, uh, but Dom, what do you think about Carl uh, sneaking into the factory with the intention of killing Negan? Uh, that that's <laughs> it's funny because that, that that's what Negan likes. He likes characters or people um, that even though if they're on the opposite team, he likes like oh you got some stones on you like. He likes the the fact that you're man enough or woman enough to challenge me. Because anytime there's been someone that's been on the opposite side of him to stand up to him, he's always respected it, even though he's like, I have to kill you. Um, but no, like, yeah, the, the relationship with him and Carl was, is with that beginning part, is always really funny to me because he just wanted to kidnap Carl this, the entire time that they were, uh, he, they had their, their beef with the, the, the saviors in Alexandria. He wanted to, every time he wanted to steal Carl, if there's a standoff, Hey Carl, won't you, you know, you're on the wrong side, man. Like, I don't want to kill you. Like, I really don't like, please. Um, but now that, that scene where he just pulls up and he starts busting shots and 
you know, they could have easily killed him, but it's it, something Carl has some kind of weird uh, energy that, like, people wanting him around no matter, you know, if you're an Egan or if you were, you know, Alexandria. Um, but not as great Jesus. You could tell Jesus wasn't about that life. He, his beard was too clean cut. His hair a little too long. Eyes a little too pretty. He wasn't about to do anything. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, that was, that, that's a great scene. It was, it, it's really good. And I really, I kind of wish that he would have succeeded in a way that Negan would have got like kind of gravely injured, but not die. And then they could have like made it to where Carl's kind of like King Dingling, uh, over like his pops and it'd have been an interesting twist, but, uh, it was really good though. You know, say, that would have been a great twist. Sorry, go ahead, Brittany. <laughs> oh, no, I, I was just going to say, you know, Dom is right about how Negan does, like, those characters that do kind of, like, like, okay, remember, uh, I'm trying to remember her name, it's Sandra, right? Or is it Sandra? 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 Um, she, what, she the, was... The, one the that girl that Abraham... Yeah. Wasn't it Sasha? Oh my god, I forgot her name. Dom, help us out here. That's the one, Sasha. Sasha, okay. It's been so long since I've seen this thing. But remember when she gets um, gets held prisoner by Negan and that guy tries to rape her and she ends up, uh, like, you know, fending him off and uh, Negan comes in and he ends up, uh, he kills the guy, doesn't he? And he basically yeah. says... Hey, if you kill him, you know, if, you know, he basically takes care of it because he is so against rape. And that guy was creepy beforehand because there was a little girl, like there was a, well, not little, she was a little, little, but there was a girl that that same guy had been really creepy to that was like, that you could already get those rapey vibes from. And when, uh, when Negan said basically like, hey, if you kill this guy, you're part of us. And if you don't, well, you know, you're dead. But uh, when he tells uh, Sasha, he's like, he's like, this isn't even a man-woman thing. He goes, he goes, if you were a man, I'd still like want, basically, I'd still want you. Because he's like, you have these boulder-sized balls on you, like lady nuts. That's what he says. <laughs> yeah. I guess it's just like going off of what Dom said. I did love that that moment between them because he really, really liked Sasha. He really did. He seemed genuinely upset what happened to her. Oh, yeah, because Sasha like kills herself in, in the coffin or anything. You know, again, because, oh, you know what? This, okay, that's funny, right? Because Sasha was with Bob, right? And Bob went out like a boss. And Sasha was like, if I'm going to go out, I'm also going to go out like a boss. Because then I'm just going to turn into a zombie and hopefully, like, eat him as soon as he opens the door. So I'm just saying, like, they're up in heaven just kind of, like, giving each other high fives and shit. But... Um, yeah, no, Brittany, I think that uh, this was definitely a great scene, uh, certainly a scene that gave way to a lot of character development. So I'm going to hit number two, which is my number one, and the scene that I was holding out on, and again, that I told Brittany, but it is a, it is the scene with Shane and the barn. 
in season two. Okay, I love that. I love that Shane loses his ever-loving shit in this. So obviously, I'm probably not going to do the best job describing because it's been a long time since I've seen it. But pretty much, this is at the point where. You know, they're keeping all of the walkers in the barn that Herschel, they were, I think they were Herschel's like family and also his neighbors. And this is during the time that Herschel was keeping the, you know, the walkers in there because he had some hope that they could be re- rehabilitated. And this is when Shane finds out, they all find out that there's this huge barn full of walkers and Shane is like enough, enough looking for a little girl that we know is all dead enough, keeping our head in the clouds enough with this. Like we're pretty much, you know, like pretty much telling each other like fairy tale stories to make ourselves feel better. And he like goes and he just like sets the doors loose on like on that barn. And it is so crazy because, you know, as the walkers are coming out, he and I think like Glenn even gets involved. Like, you know, it's not just Shane. It's a bunch of them just start shooting the walkers that are coming out. Right. And I will say pause on this is that Herschel, I think, even says later that from this, he realizes that he was just keeping a bunch of dead people in a barn, that they weren't human anymore. And it is just so intense because like that's what, like Shane, again, Shane wanted everyone to wake up. Like, what are we doing here? We're all like playing nice. And meanwhile, we have a barn full of like things that could kill us right near us and shit. This is ridiculous. I'm so tired of wasting time and energy. But of course, you know, the craziest part of all is that once the last walker essentially comes out and gets killed, there's a brief pause. And that's when Carol's daughter comes out and she's, clearly zombified and this is the daughter that by the way rick uh dropped the ball on all right and they had been looking for her for days and you know again pretty much wasting resources at this point shane was just trying to get them to realize like this girl is gone and she was like she was gone at that point um and i believe though it's rick who is the one who goes and ends up killing the girl um because I think that was just like Rick's moment of being like, oh man, I fucked up. Like we've been searching for this girl and I left her all alone. I'm pretty much, but anyway, that wants, that has to be my number two, because I just love the intensity, intensity of it. Like the way that Shane was just so freaking pissed and just ran, like he ran from wherever they were and they were already getting into arguments and he just sees like, I think he sees like Herschel and Rick, like bringing a walker into the fricking uh, barn. And he's just like, no, hell no. He's like, these things don't live. They don't breathe. They don't think they are fricking zombies. And I'm sorry for going on and on and on. I just love this fricking scene because I was like, yes, finally. And it was just so intense. So um, I'm going to stop talking now, but Dom, what do you think about uh, this scene from season two? Um, this is it's weird because you know what I never really thought about Shane's character that much, but it's another one of those. <laughs> well, it's John Bernthal, so you know I have to think oh, about it. <laughs> well, it's another one of those scenes where like Shane was ahead of the curve when it came to um, 
the emotional attachment to people and the way things are in the world now, like we said beforehand, that he knew the world was different and changed for for good, you know, for the unforeseeable future. And he's right. Like, you know, you're putting everyone in danger because you want to hold on to something that is not anymore. Uh, I mean, if, if Herschel wanted to, he could cut their heads off, put on the stick, and carry it around if he wanted to. But to let these people roam around, uh, you know, loose, essentially, because, you know, zombies eventually break through everything. Um, so mm-hmm. they, they put everyone in danger by doing that. Um, and especially with the Herschel being there with just his daughters at, at, before they all got there, would have been really bad. Uh, and then, you know, eventually he saw that, you know, oh, he's right, because they would have killed us all. Um, so now that's a, re- it's a really good scene because now I'm going to have to re the show and realize, you know, Shane might have been like the guy and then Rick just had to take him out. I mean, maybe, because uh, I know like later on in the, the series, Rick started to kind of, you know, Shane was always creeping up in his head because Shane was right a lot of the time. He just went about it a little differently because, you know, Rick was trying to be, you know, um, tactful all the time, wanted to please everybody. And Shane was like, we can't please everybody. That ain't how this shit going to work. You're going to see it eventually. And eventually Rick did. So uh, now Shane might have been more pivotal uh, than I thought before. Well, I am glad to introduce this new wave of uh, thinking for you there. But no, no, I mean, I think it... I think it was in the beginning of season two, right? Because season one, obviously, was them, you know, escaping the CDC. But in season two, I think, like, the first episode, if I remember, because I did a lot of, like, rewatching at some point, but Rick tries to bring up, like, something back in, say, high school, right? And Shane kind of is like, why are you bringing that up? Like, that is done. That And you have to kind of like realize at least for the first I think seven seasons I know they did a lot of time hops at some point but for the first like few seasons even though to us it was a few years watching it for them it was like not that much time at all I mean in between seasons one and like two it's a a few months at that point so Shane was already, like, accepting of it. This is not, like, it is not going to go back at all to the way it was. And we need to stop thinking about that. So I really think that if Shane had stayed, um, you know, Rick would have eventually gotten there. We saw Rick eventually get to that line of thinking. When they get to, when they first get to Alexandria, the people in Alexandria are kind of acting the way, say, Herschel and his family were acting. And Rick is the one to tell him, like, you are all really ignorant right now and living in the clouds and you need to stop. So, you know, there's always a little bit of shame that stayed with Rick. But, uh, Brittany, what do you think about the barn scene? I know you were ready to put it as your number three, but I held I held for it. <laughs> I held for it. Like, you know, it's starting from, like, kind of the beginning, which I were saying was, is Rick was in the coma. And on another, okay, this is, this is my thought process. Rick woke up out of the coma, not watching everything go to shit, not watching, you know, the fear of knowing that you need to get out of the city 
and knowing that everybody else is trying to do the same. Everyone around you is turning into a walker. You know, he got to see walkers, you know, after the fact and kind of go, oh, yeah, that's awful. He runs into his family, and they're fine. He has his entire family because they don't really talk about, you know, like, oh, how his parents would have been or, you know, what happened to them. But then you think about Shane. Shane had to watch everyone that probably that they cared about die, had to worry about keeping Lori and Carl alive, worked on getting them out of the city, working on not trusting the wrong people, putting this group together, having to keep this. And I've got to think that he would have a healthy dose of like PTSD just from the simple fact of trying to get out of the city and trying to keep them alive for for these last few months. And I think that was probably another reason that Shane developed way faster into that direction that Rick eventually goes. And whenever you see, and, and, and I feel like they almost had to make Shane have that moment where he goes to push himself onto Lori, which is absolutely awful. But it's like, I feel like they did that specifically because Shane made too much sense and you almost had yes. to dislike him. But it's like, because you you see now that Shane is no worse or no really better than anybody else has been throughout the entire series. But, you know, he was right about the kid. He was right about that kid that was like, oh, he'll just go back to his group of biggest people. Because the first moment Shane offered that kid that they found that they were, like, trying to figure out if they wanted to execute or not, but realized he knew Maggie and he knew the farm, you know, and Rick was like, oh, we should just let him go. And Shane's like, no, he'll come back. He'll come back. And when the very first moment that Shane offered, hey, you know, let's go back to your group. Let's do this. The kid was like, okay, let's go. So Shane was right about him. Shane was right about the barn because he did watch Rick do it. And I think uh, Shane in that moment, which uh, now I'm getting to the actual scene of it, you know, Rick was helping him put them in there. But when Shane Mm -hmm. showed Herschel and he kept like, like chest and gut shotting that one walker to show he's like normal people don't get up from that. It doesn't matter if they're sick. A sick person wouldn't get up from being shot in the chest or in the stomach. You know, this doesn't make them immortal. They're dead. They, they, you know, they just, they're no longer alive. And Herschel needed that as bad as it was and how upsetting it was to see, you know, for me, I, I have such a soft spot for like old people. So to watch him get so upset, but he needed that, and if he hadn't done that, yeah, they would have still been looking for the little girl because Daryl kept running off the entire time. He even gets mad at Carol when she implies that, hey, maybe my daughter's dead, maybe we should stop looking, and he treats her like she's the worst mother of the year. But it, that scene was so important, but I just I feel like Shane was so much more ahead of the curve and they really put him in the bad guy light but he probably was just losing himself he it, you go from you know having someone you love and that you've really joined with and then suddenly the other guy's back that's gonna that's gonna be a hell of a change well i was gonna say is that shane i mean listen shane definitely lost it a little towards the end but i who wouldn't lose it in that situation? I mean, that's a really stressful situation where I sit there and I think that, you know, all right, we talk so much nowadays, right, about, and we should, honestly, how important mental health is, right? His mental health must have been fucked, right? 
from the fact that no one ever stopped to say coddle him. He was the one, as you said, getting Lori and Carl out, protecting everyone in the group, X, Y, and Z. To go from that, right, to everyone instantly hating him, right? Rick is back. Lori hates him. Andrea hates him. This person hates him. That person hates him. And then, obviously, his thinking is, like, you know, so much more forward than everyone's at this point that it makes him public enemy number one. You know, it it didn't do very well for his freaking self-esteem. And, you know, Rick, I think, you know, they were just two macho guys at that point, then kind of pining over the same woman. And Lori at some point tells what Shane that, you know, she doesn't regret what happened between them. So I think Shane then had that moment where he's like, oh, there's a chance, right? Um, But, yeah, no, I mean... Listen, I could rant and rave and talk about Shane all night, but I doubt Dom wants to hear very much of me doing that. But <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, it to me, that barn scene was such a pivotal scene in everyone kind of having, like, a reality check and just waking the hell up to the fact that we're not, this sounds so cliche, but we're not in Kansas anymore. It's like, wake up from your freaking, you know, your dream that you're here and just smell the freaking roses. But um, yeah, that is definitely going to be my number two, which by the way, Brittany, I totally forgot that like Carol at some point even said that they should stop looking for the daughter and Daryl got mad. And I'm like, Daryl, like you're the one wasting time. And then Daryl almost dies and he like hallucinates Merle and shit, which is like so funny that they brought that guy back. But um, yeah, so that's my number two. And we are down to the number one moment on our top 10 moments from The Walking Dead. As we do every top 10, let's go through the list before we get to our number one. So number 10 was the Battle of Alexandria. Number nine was when Shane beat up Ed. Number eight is when Abraham punched Eugene. Number seven is Bob getting eaten. Uh, number six is the number six is the scene between Father Gabriel and Negan being trapped together. Number five is the governor killing Herschel. Number four is Lori giving birth slash Carl having to kill Lori. Number three is Carl sneaking into the factory. Number Shane. Uh, number two is Shane uh, in the barn scene. I swear I did not mean that. I just got tongue-tied. And Dom, you get the number one on our list. Let's close it out big. Okay. Now, hopefully, this is the same scene that Brittany's <laughs> thinking. Um, but uh, it's end of season six beginning of season seven because it's kind of a two-parter and this yes. is to me the, 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 same. The, the greatest intro to a character that i've ever seen and of course the most gruesome that most of us have ever seen on tv at least and it's the intro to negan um they capture all the main characters and you know they finally get to see the face of the guy they've been chasing he walks out of the, uh, you know, the the trailer, and I think I'm pretty sure he said, uh, "Have you pissed your pants yet?" or something along those lines. A Negan line. Um, a Negan line. <laughs> and you know, and he just toys with them like a tiger 
playing with their food. He's walking back and forth, you know, looks for Rick. Oh, you're Rick? Well, you know, guess what? You fucked up. Any, meeny, miny, mo, And then he starts beating the hell out of Abraham. And, you know, I think Abraham, after the first hit, is like, suck my nuts. He's like, oh, shit, you hear him? He said, suck my nuts, and then just batches him until he's spaghetti sauce. And then... Until and then he just kind of goes into a regular conversation, back to it, and then bow bashes Glenn in the head, and Glenn's eyeball pops out, and he's trying to talk to Maggie, and he's like, "Oh shit!" Like, no, that's you're with him, okay? And then beats him to spaghetti sauce, and you see like meat hanging off the uh, Lucille, and he's like, "Lucille's vampire bat, and she's thirsty," and. He does all of this with a smile on his face, but he didn't want to do it. You know, he's like, I sent my people to kill your people because you kill my people and then you kill my people. And I just can't have that. So because you kill some of mine, I'm going to kill some of yours. And he went easy on him because he only killed two people when he could have killed all of them. But that I remember uh, trying to get my mom to watch The Walking Dead with me. I went over her house, and I was like, hey, I want you to watch this with me. And that was the first episode she saw, and she was like, oh, no. Oh, no. Um, But that right there, um, as messed up as it sounds, is kind of what made me like Negan. Like, that introduction, I was like, oh, I'm going to love this guy. Um, And it's hard not to like Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Like, honestly, like, when you, that dude, like, his, his whole swagger and aura and, like, it's hard not to like his character. Um, but, yeah, that intro is the craziest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, when they – I pretty much caught up with The Walking Dead right before Season 7 came out, right? Like, they had the first six seasons on Netflix, and I caught up with it, and maybe, like, a month later was when – uh, season seven was going to premiere and uh, seasons one through six. Sorry, I was going to say, but you know, the way the season six ended was so, Oh God, that cliffhanger because of the way the camera was, you know, you didn't know who he was going and you're like, Oh man, you're like, they were surrounded on all sides. They were trying to escape and you're like, Oh my God, Megan has them. You're like, it's, it's, and like how much, of a torturous like time period was that trying to figure <laughs> out who it was like I remember people like online were like oh based on like where everyone was with their knees and everything like and how many times it says like and I'm telling you Dom I swear I like the weirdest characters that like no one likes I liked Abraham and but I knew in my heart of hearts that it was Abraham I was like I know that not everyone loves Abraham. I know that Abraham did a shitty thing by walking out on Rosita. I know that the the show don't like Abraham. I was like, it's going to be <laughs> Abraham. And who was it? Abraham. But Abraham, but Abraham went out again like a boss. Because if you notice, when Megan picks him, he like at first he's like on his knees and his like ass is like you know on his like ankles or whatever and then he kind of like he like kneels up you know because mm-hmm. he's like ah oh. and as you said that Dom he hits him once and he's like suck my nuts and it's like that's <laughs> Abraham man 
that's Abraham. And technically, Abraham, like, had two women crying over him. So I guess, like, isn't that every man's dream? So, you know, he had both Rosita and Taco. There you go. But if you remember, Dom, uh, Glenn got beat because Daryl had to open up his big mouth. Because Negan says, he's like, I was only going to kill one of you. He's like, but then you had to talk. Because the thing is, in the comics, Glenn gets, Glenn is the only one killed at that night. So when Abraham gets killed, you're like, oh, they do a little switcheroo. They're not going to kill Glenn. It's like, no, <laughs> no, we're still going to kill Glenn. It's still happening. And that was messed up. Oh, that whole thing. I was going to say before, that just showed how, like, badass Carl was. Because you remember Negan was going to cut Carl's arm off. Oh no, he was gonna make Rick do it. Yeah. And Carl was just like and Carl was just like, It's all right, Dad. Just do it. And he like really didn't even look scared or anything. I was like, Oh shit, Carl. But yeah, no, that that was so so oh God. I I have to tell you, I have to be honest with you, I stopped watching The Walking Dead for a while after that because <laughs> I was like I was like, they just made us for a full hour just be tortured. Like, I feel like I was there. I feel like I was violated in some way. It was absolutely, like, terrible. But, I mean, hey, it got the job done. It introduced Negan in such a badass way. And it also introduced Simon, who was another character I liked. Um, So, yeah, I liked that. Um, Brittany, (laughs) I know... This is your moment to shine, so let us know. What do you think? I'm about to to word vomit over here. I was going to say, it was definitely Daryl's fault. Okay, I'm going to always apologize. I am a Negan apologist. Really, they killed a bunch of his men in their sleep. And to be fair, like, I know that they already kind of had issues with that, but yeah, Negan's awful about taking half the shit, right? Because they're like, okay, that's kind of messed up because they're really thriving and they're, like, putting these other communities in a hard time, right? But he was only going to kill one person for all those men. All those men. They had to kill, like, 30, 40 of them in that one building. And, like, uh, like just the main, like, cumulative of all the people that they murdered, right? And Negan's like, I'm just going to kill one guy. I'm just going to – I'm going to make one example because – you know, people are resources. That's the one thing he keeps repeating through everything. And but then Daryl I had to like I don't know, didn't he like punch Negan or something? Like he like gets up or like tries to go after him. It's something that he pisses off Negan enough to go, Well, I guess I didn't teach you a good enough lesson the first time. I guess I have to teach this again to really show that I mean business. But Tia knows that I had, like, no interest in watching The Walking Dead at that point until Negan showed up, and I went, huh, okay, you have my attention now. And that was at the end of season uh, six, right? Is that where he made his, like, introduction with season six, beginning of season seven? And then I had to go back through, watch everything leading up to just to catch up to this one point, because I really, really enjoyed Negan. And Tia's right. That first episode, like, the first episode of season seven is rough. But I was going to say, you do notice that Negan doesn't quite look the same as he did. They, like, really pushed hard to make him look like the comics. 
for those two episodes, and then they kind of, like, gave him, like, more of a disheveled appearance. I thought he didn't quite have the slicked back hair quite as much as he used Mm to. And then, you know, by the way, I hated when he shaved. I hated it. (laughs) I did not approve. But um, I was going to say, Tia was very serious about how she did not watch The Walking Dead. And I'm over here excited, right? Because season seven's here. And I'm finally, after getting so, like, attached to like a villain in a show right and ready for like more content more like things to learn about his character and i'm over here like tia let's watch season seven she's like nope mm-mm. like she checked out <laughs> and when i say she checked out i mean she went from like talking about the walking dead like every day every day <laughs> like 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 telling me about characters telling me about shane telling me about eugene abraham and just being so excited to I was the person trying to talk about it, and her ears were closed off. She was done. And and it was like I knew she wasn't mad at me, but I wanted to, like, gush about how much I loved Megan. And Tia was having none of it. It was like I had betrayed her. It's like I had, like, I had personally offended her by liking this character because she was so mad at him over Abraham. She wasn't even that, that I was about just trying. It was just Abraham. I was traumatized, all right? That episode traumatized me. But I will say, and by the way, sorry if anyone hears background. For the past, like, few days, there's been, like, someone outside, like, making speeches. It's 10 o'clock at night, girl. Can we stop making speeches right now? But um, what was I going to say? I, I loved that. So near. Um, I loved that during that whole exchange um negan talks about like what a pen or something and he's like hey simon do you have a pen and simon's like yeah and he says something along the lines of where he's like uh you always need to have a second in command it's important rick and then he kind of like pauses he goes oh shit did i just kill yours and it's like oh you bastard (laughs) that was so uh, Carl's like that's why he's going to take his right hand oh I didn't even like think about that that was like that was crazy that scene because then it's like oh <laughs> and then they just left right the, then Negan was like alright so I held you for this whole entire night and now I'm going to need half of your shit so I'll come to Alexandria and goodbye. Oh, and then he took Daryl. He's like, and I'm taking Daryl. And then he leaves. And then, like, like, poor Maggie just has to, like, look at her freaking, like, there's not even a head. There's not even a head. And she was already, like, pregnant and, like, sick because I think something there was, like, some sort of complication with her pregnancy. And I was just like, oh, my God. Yeah, dumb. This is some crazy shit. But it definitely was, like, like, if you're going to introduce Negan, because Negan is a huge, like, character in the comics, and I remember everyone was super excited. Like, I am, um, I don't know, there was some, like, interview, right? There was some interview, like, a few months before uh, season six or something, I think. I don't know. There was some interview, right? And before anything happened, where Jeffrey Dean Morgan was on one of, like, the late night shows, and they're like, okay, talk to us about upcoming projects. And he's like, I just got cast in The Walking Dead, but I can't tell you what character I'm playing. 
and the whole internet was like, he's Negan. He's <laughs> Negan. 100%. Like, you don't, you're not bringing him in to play anyone else except Negan. And that, that is one of, I think, like, probably one of the defining characters of his career. But, Dom, that was an amazing way to round out this top ten. Um, before we wrap everything up, we usually like to say if there's any honorable mentions. So, Dom, did you have any on your list that didn't make it onto the top ten? Uh, yeah, I had... Um... The, the scene that I like to call, uh, I think the internet likes to call Everybody Ain't Chris, which is Noah's character when um, they're stuck in that little roundabout door and it's Glenn, Noah, oh, and Nick, Nicholas. So bad. And then Nicholas oh. pulls a bitch move and leaves and opens the door mm-hmm. up basically and Noah sacrifices himself. And I had Carol's. Um, Wait, Dom. Yeah. Before you go any further, I can't watch that scene because I think they like literally show his face getting eaten, yeah. and I'm like, oh god, oh god, no. oh that's such a hard scene. Um, what did you say? I'm sorry. Said his character was so good too. I know. <laughs> uh, I have Carol's. Uh, just look at the flowers when she shoots Lizzie. Yeah. And, oh, I have one Negan and Alpha hook up when they kept their socks on and he told to keep the mask on. It was weird. It was a weird juxtaposition. Like, you I know, Alpha, watched Alpha, it because I heard it so weird. Yeah, well, Al, you know, Alpha hasn't showered in years. And Negan was like, well, you know, it's been a while. And I was like, no, no. Oh. This is how strong it <laughs> oh my god um, yeah that's great my last yeah, one is, uh, my last one is when uh, the pharmacy run where Glenn and Maggie hook up for the first time aww, aww. Uh, there's such great memories of Glenn and Maggie which was so funny because Maggie at the beginning was so not about Glenn she was like yeah that was just like a quick that was just a quickie and that was it, you know, like, didn't she, like, make some joke where she's, like, uh, he said something like, oh, I got, uh, 12 condoms or something like that. And she's, like, oh, what, you think you can last that long or something? <laughs> and she said, like, something. I was, like, oh, shit. She burned him. She burned him. But, um, those are great. Um, I have Carol, uh, freeing everyone from Terminus. Because I just thought that was such a boss move from freaking Carol. Um, I have them leaving the CDC just because I I was so interested about the whole thing of the CDC, and then like The Walking Dead just abandoned it so like quickly, and that made me sad because I thought that that would have been really cool. Um, freaking, I'm sure I can think of like so many others, but I before I pass it on to Brittany, I will say, of course, uh, Sh- uh, Rick hallucinating Shane in season three and season nine, <laughs> of course, will uh, be on my top, my top list. But Brittany, any uh, honorable mentions? I was going to say, um, I really like it when uh, Father Gabriel uh, faked Maggie's death and Negan was all pretty bummed out about it because he was like, I was going to take her home and make her one of my wives. I also liked... Um, Oh, 
uh, when Negan is with his main wife and she said, what happens when you're gone is none of your business. And then he turns around and uses that against Daryl about Carl and kind of looks at her all smug. Um, I also, I'm trying to think, I have a lot of Negan scenes. I can't hold it. Um, also Ed's death. Because I thought that was pretty poetic. He ends up getting eaten by a walker. Because doesn't he think it's like uh, Carol? And he's basically like all mad until it's like a walker creeping into the tent with him. But um, I'm trying to think what else. It's just a lot of Negan. Just take all the Negan scenes and know that they're my favorite. Except I did not see the one with him and Alpha. And I feel like I'm better because of it. I think I'm okay with watching that. I was going to say before everything is that um, I like when Ezekiel reveals to Carol that he's not this like Shakespearean sort of like person. Because you know, when you first meet is because when you first meet Ezekiel, he's like, half thou dost don. So like, you know, he's so like, he's like all like, he has like, the knights of the round table and shit like that and then he like says to Carol he's like man I was just a zookeeper who like did some like drama club shit you know and then suddenly I gotta put on this act and I'm just like I loved Ezekiel um and so I I liked that whole like moment where he drops the act because Carol is like where the hell am I? You got a tiger. You're talking as if we're in like the Renaissance fair or something. I, but you know, Zico, Zico is cool. So, uh, but guys, thank you so much for being here with me tonight for the top 10 walking dead moments. I, again, as I said in the beginning of this, I like to shit on the walking dead every once in a while, but I, I do truly love the walking dead. I just haven't caught up in the past few seasons, but, um, Dom, before I let you go, please promote yourself. Let us know where we can find you. I know that you've been doing a ton of interviews lately, so please let us know about all that. Uh, yeah, you know, I got the reviews on deck. Um, and I just did an interview on Friday with Amy Rutledge, who stars in uh, Rent-A-Pal. That came, uh, it's a thriller that came out uh, on Friday by IFC. Uh, I believe if you could go to our YouTube page, uh, Geek Vibes Podcast, and also, of course, on Spotify, CastBox, all that good stuff. I think um, it was uploaded today. Uh, and it's a great... Um, a great interview, and since, um, what's the show, L.A.'s Finest is now coming to Fox, uh, I believe, the 21st of this month, I'm going to finally drop my episode with one of the writers who happens to be a friend of mine, um, so that should be out probably next week, um, and yeah, of course, reviews on deck, so, you know, geekvibes.com, just, you know, look, just put Dom Fisher in there, you'll see uh, the flood of uh, reviews and whatnot, and, uh, you know, of course, next month you'll see another movie release list that takes me forever to do, because there's always so many movies, and I try to get the wide range, not just the big releases, um, so yeah, that's what I got coming. Well, you do an amazing job, Dom, and as I was going to say, our YouTube page is Geek Vibes Podcast, as Donda said, and I today actually 
created playlists so you can find all of our interviews in the interview playlist and much of them are from Dom because again he's just that good and no seriously your interviews I love listening to them um you definitely have a passion when you speak with this talent so please make sure you check that out and Brittany the ever hard-working Twitch streamer. See, I don't say Twitcher anymore. I say Twitch streamer. But <laughs> and I was like, what is going on? But really quick side note, Dom has been killing it. I'll see him posing where he's like, this interview, and I'm like, golly, he's just racking them up. <laughs> he really does. His wife must be like, get off the phone. And he's like, I'll have interviews. <laughs> But, uh, Brittany, please let everyone know where we can find you and what you have coming up next for us. I was going to say you can find me at twitch.tv at, um, at itty bitty Brit. I've been streaming quite a bit. I, this week was a little inconsistent because of what happened with Aaron, but we're going to, we're going to keep on keeping on tomorrow. Uh, we've been playing the Walking Dead series a lot, the Telltale games. We're on A New Frontier, which is the third. There's the one with Michonne, and then there's the one with the DLC, but it's not part of the main storyline. So I've been keeping to that and kind of doing Persona 5 uh, along with it. But we've been having a good time. My chat likes to torture me. They like to watch me uh, suffer. But, but I'm telling you, I can't take any more sad games. I can't take any more games where dogs die or horses die because I have cried almost every stream for, like, the past, like, month now. And I cannot take it anymore. So, yeah, you can find me at Brit, or you can find me on Twitter at Brit 0 And that's normally where I kind of keep up with my schedule or what's kind of keeping on with lately. Also, post kitten pictures. <laughs> So make sure you check that out. Um, as for me, um, we just released the review for Netflix's upcoming series called Ratched, which I was able, actually Ratched, I don't know why I keep saying Ratched, Ratched, um, starring Sarah Paulson, prequel series to One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, that comes out later on this week, and we just posted the review for that, so please make sure you check that out. Um, and also, I was able to get the screeners for Amazon Prime's upcoming series called Utopia. So we'll be releasing that review either tomorrow or the next day. And make sure you check it out because that series is really freaking good um, so far. That comes out September 25th. I suggest everyone watch it. It is so wild. Um, but besides that, you can find all of my articles, reviews, opinion pieces, news at geekvibesnation.com, which has links to all of our social media platforms. And I can also be found on Twitter and Instagram at TFAB. Please make sure you come, like, subscribe, and all that good stuff for more content. And again, thanks everyone for listening to the top 10. Thank you, Dom. Thank you, Brittany. And I hope everyone has a great rest of your day. Bye now. Have a great day, guys.